0: What was the most concerning thing that we saw on tape uh, for the Cowboys against 49ers game on Sunday? All that and more this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your lock, daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast lock, Network, your on. team every lock, day.
1: Locked lock, on. Lock, lock, on. Lock on Cowboys. Lock on Cowboys.
0: Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by the Ultimate Football GM app. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise, then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores, our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code ON, all in caps, in the game. I am Marcus Moser. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, you and I have had some time over the last couple of days to go back and watch the All-22 film from the Cowboys' divisional loss to the 49ers. My first question to you, what was the biggest area of concern that you saw
1: from this game, kind of going forward? The Cowboys lost this game. That's uh, I would have I would have preferred that they would have won the game and then that the Cowboys would have been able to move forward. It's certainly uh, a big one. <laughs> um, I you know I think the the thing that was kind of concerning um, is it, it's not surprising really. It's kind of a lot of what we talked about is that um, when things got really difficult uh, for the Cowboys that they tended to oversimplify. And, uh, and I think that the over oversimplification is, uh, what caused problems. I just feel like, you know, kind of taking a step back from, from, you know, the season, uh, it just felt like there was a lack of consistent organization, um, uh, on the offensive side in the sense that, um, not, not organization, I shouldn't say that, but more just attention to detail, you know, like it, it just felt like, for example, the, uh, the, the interception to Gallop. right. Uh, the, the, the first interception, you know, it, it, there's an easy way to look at that and say, okay, there's a ton of circumstance there as to why that through through that interception got thrown. But, but ultimately I think a lot of it can be just kind of summed up with attention to detail. I know that, that Kurt Warner, and I haven't watched this, the Kurt Warner video yet, but I, I mean, I, I've watched Kurt Warner's breakdown videos. I do recommend them for, for folks. Uh, I know that he was one of the folks that kind of was blaming Dak for that kind of taking an extra hitch in the pocket, which I understand like he, he threw the ball late, but, it's more than that. Like if you watch that specific play, he he gets back to the top of of his drop. He looked, and and you can see that his eyes are are going between uh, C.D. Lamb, who's running a, a route from the middle of the field in, in the slot, and then outside to to Gallop. And when you watch his head, like the timing of when he looks out to Gallop and when he's looking back to Lamb, like it was such a perfect, a perfect screw up that he like he looked at Gallup right as Gallup is breaking out of his route, looked back at Lamb as Gallup is kind of, I don't know what he was doing, like stumbling out of the top of his sure. break, sure. drifting instead of coming back you know, where he was supposed to. Uh, and then when Dak looks back, all he sees is Gallup, you know, break, not going forward, coming back in some sense. And he thinks, okay, I can catch him on the back end of this. Like I've, I've, I'm a little bit late, but I've, I've got enough time. And what he doesn't realize is that Gallup's all of Gallup's momentum has stopped because Gallup is not actually coming back. He's just kind of drifting out of his, out of the top of his break. And that the cornerback sees exactly what is happening. Uh, and then Dak mm-hmm. throws it, thinking he's he's gonna. Oh, I can make it late because Gallup's gonna get there. But Gallup's not even going to where he's throwing the football, but the cornerback was. So that is such a great example, I thought, of a lot of what's happened here, where it's it's not even just like a, attention to detail. It's it's that combined with trying to force it, trying to like make things happen when they aren't there. Uh, and then it kind of just all snowballing, and again, all of this under the guise under under the, the the curtain of the incredible pressure that the San Francisco defense puts yeah. on your team to perform. So, I guess to sum it all up, this is a long way of saying when teams really make the offense work hard, I I have concerns. Well, I mean, we'll talk about it for next year, but my concern is that they they were not focused enough on the details in order to beat some of these teams that have very good defenses that make you work to get to your second and third choices on the offense. If you're going to play that
0: style of offense where everything is based off route running and timing and reading the defense the same way, you better be really good in the details, right? You better run the, the route the same exact way every single time. And they just didn't have that kind of consistency. I don't know if it was because of injuries. You know, Michael Gallup was a different player early in the year compared to where he is now. Um, You had a lot of – listen, they just had a lot of different receivers they were running out there between Dennis Houston. They started in week one. T.Y. Hilton was starting at the end of the year. They brought James Washington in midway through the season. Like, they changed quarterbacks, you know, midway through the year. There was just no consistency on offense. That's what and that's what was frustrating is you could see against tampa like they got hot for four drives in a row and they looked awesome and then you go three drives in a row where you don't get a first down like that for
1: an offense that's this talented that shouldn't happen well and and the thing i think that's super frustrating about this is that this was the problem last year you know this was the problem i mean honestly with the marty cooper at times just a lack of consistency and, and and clearly it's not just it wasn't just a cooper problem it's I mean, look, uh, Gallup came back from an ACL injury and and we could talk about the physical aspect of his game. But honestly, that's not the part of his game that I've had. I had problems with this year. It felt like just as a player, he was just not the same level of consistent as he was catching the ball when it gets there. You know, timing his jump like it's not even just like, hey, oh, he can't can't do that jump right now because he's not healthy yeah he can we want I saw him do it like I saw I'm seeing him break open it's a level of just finishing catch the ball like you were catching the ball you know for most of of your career years and then you get Noah Brown in there who who has more of an excuse because he just doesn't have that kind of experience but the problem is is that you've committed to having Noah Brown kind of play a a big role in your offense And, and now you've got you know, two different guys who are going to get a, a lion's share of targets outside of CD lamb that are not consistently finishing plays. Uh, I've got another concern that I saw
0: from not only this game, uh, but also over the last two months that I want to discuss uh, and how the Cowboys can fix it going forward. We'll tell you guys about the ultimate football GM app. It's uh, so much fun. Uh, Today's episode brought to you by the Ultimate Football GM app. You've heard us talk about this game before, and I can't tell you how much fun we've had competing against our fellow Lockdown NFL host. By the way, Chris Carter, Lockdown Steelers, was our <laughs> Lockdown uh, NFL champion Steelers. Now, I'm never going to say a good word about a Steeler guy this podcast, but now it's your <laughs> turn to compete. Uh, but More on that in just, just a second. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise, well... Your dream has come true because this game is definitely for you. You're going to manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through seasons, and lead your team to glory while trying to build a dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft, as well as all the ups and downs of the season. All of this in a challenging but realistic game world. The Ultimate Football GM app is completely free and playable offline, so you can play on the go as you want and when you want to. Uh, We've created a Lockdown League for you to compete against our fellow Lockdown uh, podcast hosts. Can you be the Ultimate Lockdown Football GM? Choose the Lockdown League in the App Store uh, to join Again, can you create a football dynasty to beat us? We'll see. Lockdown Cowboys listeners will get a 100% free boost to the franchise when using promo code On in the game store. That is Locked On, all in caps, so make sure you check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the App Store. That is ultimate-gm.com, Ultimate Football GM.
1: Start your dynasty today. It's it's so realistic. I I wouldn't be surprised if next week they had an update for uh, your young superstar pass rusher criticizing you as the GM for paying your quarterback uh, the normal amount Wild. of money. Yeah.
0: We're not going to get into that.
1: Uh, We're not let's getting into that today.
0: Let's uh, let's talk about uh, the Cowboys breaking tackles or not breaking tackles. You actually yeah. sent me your notes uh, last night, and one of the one of the bullets you had was. The Cowboys couldn't break, couldn't tackles. break tackles. No, I, mean, I mean, just I as mean, just... simple as it was, didn't happen in this game. Didn't really happen all season. Like if you look at the, the missed tackles, force numbers on pro football focus, CD lamb had 16 this year. The next highest was Dalton Schultz at seven, Noah Brown at six, Jake Ferguson at four. And then nobody else had more than one. Like that's it. Yeah. That's a huge problem for this team going forward. Is it just, they don't have anybody that can take a pass four yards and turn it into a 30 yard game other than CeeDee Lamb.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and I think that that's going to be something that they're going to have to do something about, obviously, moving forward. You know, you, you, you we talked about uh, you know, in the offseason, we talked about having the the easy button. For, for the offense, right? And I think part of what we thought, discussed was getting the ball to receivers who can break tackles. And I think that they managed to to kind of rectify some of the other aspects of the easy button that we wanted, like giving Dak some more easy throws. Uh, they kind of reverted back there at the end of the season a little bit. But I, I think for the most part they understood that play action and motion really helped Dak, and, and they used it uh, pretty well. The next part of this is trying to find some personnel that can help you, you know, gain yards when you just want to get a short pass off because this is the issue, right? Like if, if you don't have guys who can break tackles in a, against a defense like San Francisco, then um, it's, it becomes incredibly difficult to move the ball. The, the, the way that they were playing defense, the, it, when, when the, when a defense is allowed to drop seven or eight guys and brush three or four guys, and they can, Cause pressure, it 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 makes a quarterback's job incredibly difficult because you got everybody's got their eyes on you. It's there they can easily create a lots of double teams with your receivers, uh, and so basically, what it leaves you with is you either got to be aggressive and force the ball into co- to kind of tighter coverages in, in order to kind of get the ball downfield. Uh, you're not going to have the kind of time to have these long developing plays that are going to get past the zones, or at least if you are. You know, you've got to find a way to take advantage of them when you do. So the vast majority of your plays when you're facing a defense like that end up as checkdowns or the quarterback using his legs to run to kind of advance the ball. And honestly, if you go back and look at the the Cowboys' most successful drive, I would say outside of the touchdown drive, right, which to me was the drive in which – right before well, well the drive in which pollard got hurt and then the, the, yep. the next play Dak threw the interception right bef- before up until that the drive looked really good and what they were doing right was essentially dumping it down to pollard having him pick up uh, five or six yards they had a big dump down to zeke where he got i think 14 yards and then uh, uh Dak had like two or three different runs where he was able to pick up first downs with his legs and they got all the way down to like i think the 20 yard line to the the to the 49ers 20 yard line so That's kind of how you have to function in this offense if you don't have somebody who you can get the ball too quick and then he can break tackles to create a big play. And and I think that's clearly showing that the Cowboys need another one of these guys because if CeeDee Lamb is going to be completely occupied by the vast majority of the defense, you're going to need somebody on the backside who not only can win, get a separation, but also once he catches the ball, does more than just fall down after a four-yard reception.
0: Well, I would also say I think – in previous years, like 2016, 17, 18, it wasn't as big of a deal to not have this many guys because number one, your running back Zeke was just forcing more missed tackles than he he is now. And then on top of that, maybe more importantly, is Dak was right. Dak was such a good runner and he was contributing into the run game that he was able to take a you know a, a zone read 14 yards and get you 10 yards over expectation, right? Dak's just not running until we get to the playoffs. And even then, like what he does as a runner's not limited, but he's just going to be very careful about it. So you've got to find some more guys in this offense that can bring you some playmaking because, listen, I don't want to harp on Michael Gallup, but Michael Gallup had one missed tackle all year long. Yeah. yeah. He's
1: that's
0: that's not really his game. But the problem is, is you can't have everybody else basically be the same. Like Dalton Schultz had. Uh, half the the amount of missed tackles forced this year compared to last year. Now I know he was dealing with some injuries. I get it. Noah Brown only forced six despite playing a bunch of snaps. Um, he he didn't really get anything from T. Y. Hilton or Peyton Hendershot after the catch. Zeke didn't give you anything after the catch. Like, you've got to find somebody else. And just to put this in perspective, Debo Samuel had nine missed tackles forced in the game against Seattle alone. That would have been second most on the Cowboys team for the entire season. It's hard to find a Debo Samuel, but you've got to get somebody else in this offense that can, you know, be, be an easy option for Dak. Throw the ball three yards and get thirty-two. Like you find one of those guys.
1: Yeah. And I I think one thing the Cowboys have got to do is kind of and they and it feels like they did this a little bit as the season went on is uh break out of this uh template of this shell this kind of hard template that they have for their wide receivers. Because it's just to, like to, the to find butt- that
0: 195, four, five know, receiver.
1: Yeah, like the, the, to find a guy that fits that mold that is also a, a tackle-breaking playmaker, like, I mean, you you, you had to get CeeDee Lamb in, in the first round of the seven, you know, 17th or 16th. And he had to fall to you, right? Yeah, and it was a complete fluke. So you got to find some other kind of player who, you know, maybe he has some other kind of flaw that, that, that makes maybe him Maybe he's 5'9",
0: right? Yeah,
1: but you got to find somebody who is dangerous with the ball in their hands and and that you can get the ball into easy spaces and 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 just have him pick up first downs look i, I think you know one of the other things that you saw that was successful against this defense was when they are able to kind of swing the ball out in a like a quick screen to uh like to cd lamb and then yeah, and, yeah and, and then they had some blocks you know but like you can't just constantly be doing that with cd lamb like you know what I'm saying like you just got to be right? you need somebody else because partially cuz that play is going to work a 100 times better when CeeDee Lamb is on the opposite side of the field all the attention is to his direction and now suddenly you're throwing the ball out to a guy on the run but, with all that I mean, extra attention on the side of the like field. Cole Beasley was pretty good at that like early on in his Cowboy career
0: like you just swing it to him from the slot he can make one guy miss and get you 7 yards it's nothing
1: fancy but sometimes on second and 6 that's that's all you need yeah and and just, you know, again, a reliable a guy who could be a reliable catcher, you know, just like someone that you, you you know you can throw the football to and they'll they'll catch it. Like I I know that that's this seems like a tall order for this person that we're saying, but you know, I think that's what the Cowboys need is they, they need one more reliable playmaker on this offense. And and honestly, whether it's tight end or wide receiver, I think it, it doesn't well, really matter. And I think if you find that one
0: more guy, it's going to make your offense more consistent, which is what we talked about at the top of the show. It's just being able to be somewhat consistent from drive to drive, half to half, game to game. Um, Last thing on the offense before we move on, Um, I watched this game uh, this morning, and I think this is the first time that I'm thinking about not bringing back Dalton Schultz, to be honest with you. Because you know, I've been a big proponent of hey, yeah. bring back Dalton Schultz and the franchise tag, sign him to a long term deal. It's time to. I mean, there's just not that many good tight ends. San Francisco was so
1: unafraid of Dalton Schultz that it was mind. Well, yeah, be. I, and, and beyond that too. Like, you know, if let's like look if you're going to if you're going to require that your tight end is going to be able to hinge block uh, <laughs> Nick Bosa, like. You're gonna need a bigger tight. <laughs> it's yeah. it's the jaws thing. Like you're gonna, you're gonna need a need bigger, a bigger boat. Like uh, you know. So like, go out and get Washington from Georgia. See, I just own some of these guys. Yeah. Uh, and 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 you know, I think that there are other guys out there that you know, if that's what you're looking to do, that maybe you need a, more of a a bigger body, two way tight end somewhere. Um, uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I love Schultz. I think he he's gonna go and do well on another team as a tight as a tight end one. Uh, but i do think that just by the way that the cowboys use their tight ends that maybe they need to go out and kind of reshuffle this room again the good news is that you've got two great young players that kind of set a nice floor for you um but maybe it's time to go out and get a different guy yeah
0: i'm kind of thinking somebody that's a little bit more dynamic like somebody that actually puts a little bit of fear into a defensive coordinator not to say that schultz is a bad player but i guarantee you fred warner and trey greenlaw were not Losing any sleep over Dalton Schultz kind of going into this game and it showed,
1: right? Can we say real quick before we move on, Fred Warner? I don't know that I've ever seen a linebacker play like that in a game before. I mean, he was everywhere, 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 making tackles behind the line of scrimmage, running up the seam with CeeDee Lamb, blowing up screens. Yeah. It was, it was scary, honestly. Yeah. He, he was
0: ridiculous. Um, let's talk about the Cowboys defense want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. It's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's actually even better because they have so many great features that we're going to tell you about that make betting on sports so easy and fun. Most importantly, new customers. If you join today and you get started, you can get $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet just sign up at Fanduel.com slash on. Fanduel has all of your favorite bets from Moneyline, the point spreads, the player props, plus you can even combine your favorite bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay, all in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at Fanduel.com slash on make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, what was your biggest takeaways on defense from this game? Because they did play extremely well, despite not getting a win.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that was the most surprising up front was just how well the defensive tackle play was, Um, especially early in the game. It really felt like, you know, Osa and uh, Watkins were playing really, really well. You saw Hankins get in there and I think he got it it's not a sack then he got like he a did tackle get a right that wasn't a sack I didn't yeah, it was Demarcus uh, marcus
0: lawrences that got taken away because yeah of the title,
1: yeah um yeah and i just think that that overall that you saw really good defensive tackle play which was a little bit i mean not that there wasn't another great play but that was a little bit uh not surprising but pleasantly surprising i would say well um, you got great defensive tackle play out of most guys there's... Yeah. Well, listen. Yeah, it's. I was just going to get to the fact Neville Gallimore's got to go. Like, yeah. it just it ha- it hasn't worked out. This is, the, 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 may, every... Maybe
0: in a more traditional four three defense where he can just be an up the field penetrator, it would work. But it's it's not maybe. working out. In Dan Quinn's defense.
1: Uh, I'll tell you this: what there was a lot of people talking about. Why was Neville Gallimore covering? Uh, uh, George Kittle, George Kittle, and that one play where he wasn't actually running a route. I don't think he was just blocking and then released mm-hmm. upfield yep. and put his hand up. Uh, uh, that was because Gallimore got blocked all the way upfield. <laughs> he was next. He just to turned around. He was Kittle closer to up. the ball than he was the quarterback. Uh, yeah. So uh, look, I think that we um, should also
0: just really quickly on Gallimore before we move on. We should also yeah. mention that he was not drafted when Dan Quinn was here. He was no. drafted by Mike Nolan and totally
1: different style of defense. So he's just
0: just not a fit in this defense. Yeah,
1: I agree. Um, but I think that that was really, really a positive sign for everyone except for mostly Gallimore. I think that the Cowboys, you know, were – did a, not lucky. Um, the Cowboys were very successful early on in kind of counteracting a lot of Shanahan's, uh, you know, play designs with pressure. There were definitely times when – uh, you yeah, know, you didn't notice it necessarily on the uh, broadcast but when you watch the the 22 that plays where they were able to get pressure and either sack Purdy or 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 get him to throw the ball early uh, you could really see the designs oh okay so they're running like a blade route uh, which is like the, the opposite of a whip route from the outside right they're running mm-hmm. like a, a blade route where uh see uh, uh Debo go fakes outside and then breaks back inside and then the slot cor- uh slot receiver is running a go to kind of clear out and it's like okay I see what you're doing like I see you know they're running like uh uh like trips on one side and then running mesh concepts to try to get yep. you know a natural rub to give Debo the ball on the run and the Cowboys uh sack Purdy. or they push him out of the pocket they make him roll the opposite way from where the plate is designed so the Cowboys did a really good job of kind of like I said Ruining Shanahan's plans with, uh, with, with just kind of pressuring Purdy early on. I think once the game wore on, and they were able to start getting the the, the running game going a little bit more. Um, I think that's when things started to change a little bit more. Kittle was able to kind of slip open a little bit. I think it all started with that play that I just mentioned, right? That he kind of slipped off a block, put his hand up, uh, was was wide open because. You know, technically he was blocking, wasn't in route. Yeah. Um, and then you know, from there they were kind of able to leverage play action a little bit more, uh, because the Cowboys were concerned about kind of getting gashed and and you could, I hate to like relive this, but like you could feel it in the game, right? Like when, when it started happening, it's like okay, six yards, seven yards, five yards, okay. eight yards, twenty yard pass, six yards, seven yep. yards, eight yards, fifteen yard pass. They just you know, couldn't so- get a negative play. Yeah, the Cowboys couldn't get it turned around. Like they you know, you're just waiting, okay, wh- someone make a play, someone make a play. Uh and there was only two or two like two drives that were really like that, but they were so critically timed that it was like it was Well, one was when was it was 9-9 and they were pinned in their own end zone, right? Yeah. And they able to kind of march the field just like that was that that drive was the start of it, right? And look, I I totally understand the 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 knock on on the idea of of uh, punting and, and all that. I, I I think from McCarthy's perspective, up until that point, the Dallas defense was dominating San Francisco's offense. And I, and I, I can understand how you could easily say to yourself, all right, we we'll hopefully get a, a, a stop here, get the ball back with good field position and another opportunity to score. But that's the moment that the 49ers offense really turned it on. And honestly, that was kind of the turning point of the game in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, because once the offense was, uh, once their offense was able to kind of get it together, the Cowboys offense wasn't. Um, and it, it felt like that's when the game started kind of leaving the grip of the Cowboys. Yeah.
0: And once Carlos Watkins, yeah, went out with a calf injury, they, yeah. just, they weren't as deep they in the defensive the line. They started to wear down. Jonathan Hankins, listen, he- he wasn't somebody that was going to play a lot of snaps to begin with, but especially coming off an injury, like you just can't have him out there for that many snaps. Um, And they, they just wore down and San Francisco made some awesome plays. At some point you just have to tip your cap to them. Uh, I do want to give one more just positive shout out. I'm trying to be more positive. (laughs) Uh, Israel McCombo played 21 snaps. Yeah. Thought he was pretty good. Like, I, I don't think he did anything super exceptional. But I think they found something with him kind of being a slot corner as a part time player going
1: forward. Yeah, I mean I think if we're gonna talk about like, you know, guys whose play indicates positivity for the future. Um I mean, to kind of go back to this, I I'm kind of surprised to say this, but Connor McGovern had a really good game, but maybe his best it game was of awesome the season. I game. I kind of shocked at it. But going back to defense, I think Mukwamu obviously I think uh, Golston again, kind of continuing to play uh, good football, able to penetrate in the back, uh, get in the backfield and, and cause some havoc. Um, I thought that you know, for the most part, you uh, you got good play from uh, your linebackers, which was which was yeah. su- surprising, you know, because like oh, not surprising because like was there, but but like that Bar played the vast majority of that game and wasn't a total. I'd and the same deal that they signed him last year. I think so too. Um yeah, and, and I think, you know, you've got some young players that uh that are on that were on the field, you know, it it got wasted, but you saw another big play by Kelvin Joseph uh, on special teams and and I, and you got to give him some credit there because it wasn't just punching the ball out. Um he took away the returner, too. Which, yep. is, which is what that's you're old, exactly supposed to do. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's the old lacrosse thing. I'm a, I'm a lacrosse player. When, when the ball's in the ground and you're outnumbering the, the other team, one guy takes the ball and one guy eliminates the other man. So you can ensure that you have it. Joseph did both. He knocked the ball out and then he tackled the guy, pulled him out of the, out of the way, so he couldn't recover it. So great job by Joseph. You know, there there was some there was some positive. There's there's definitely positivity in the, out of this game. It's like, just hard this... to take away a, a couple days after. Like I I, no. I get it, because it's still so raw.
0: This season ending, but if you look at not only this game, but like the last two or three games, like Chauncey Golston's play, it has yeah. should have you feeling encouraged. Israel Makamu. I don't yeah. think this is Deron Bland's best game by any means, but just what he's done over the last two months should have you encouraged there are things to be excited about even in a season that didn't end the way that you wanted it to.
1: And as much as you want to say, like the negativity about what the offense did, like I think Dak was doing the best he could with, with what the situation was. It was not, he was put into a pressure cooker and he made some bad decisions. Absolutely. But I think he made those decisions in an effort of, I got to do this to try to win the game. Like, you know, so I think, I think, you give him some better choices so that he's not having to make bad yeah. choices, you know. Um, and I think that that this offense, you know, kind of works with a lot more consistency. All right, that is it for today's
0: show. Thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen today. For your second listen, check out the Locked On NFL podcast, bringing you the local insights you love to the national spotlight with daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories. Locked On NFL available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Landon, you and I will be back tomorrow to answer some more Twitter questions. We got so many on Tuesday that we didn't get a chance to get to them all. We'll answer a few of those uh, tomorrow. We've got all-star games happening next week Mm -hmm. that we'll get you prepared for. We've got Chad Ryder from NFL.com coming up on Monday. Mm -hmm. So even though the Cowboys out of the playoffs still have a lot of Cowboys content uh, ready for you, go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we'll see you guys next time.